A young Clark Kent discovers he can fly like a jet. Peter Parker discovers he can cling to walls like a spider. Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, discovers he can run faster than any human. Recent movies like Unbreakable and Sky High or The Incredibles or the upcoming TV series Heroes all explore the idea of people discovering special powers that they didn't know they possessed. These stories of superheroes, or supers as we'll call them, also explore the complications of having spiritual powers while being among people who don't. For Christ followers, there's really something exciting for us, a parallel with superheroes that isn't fantasy, but it's reality. When a person has a Lord enter their life, something supernatural, something above the natural way of life occurs. Most of us know the gospel story well enough to know that when a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ, that he gives the gift of life that makes our spirit inside us alive again. And that life is eternal. When the life of Jesus Christ is in you, you are super. You are a super. And I, you know, we're saying this for fun. We're not saying that we're elevated above other people or anything like that. And I hope you understand that. But what some Christ followers don't realize is that at the beginning of their journey is that the Lord has given every super more than just the gift of life. Every Christ follower or super has also been endowed with a spiritual gift or gifts. Sometimes a spiritual gift lies dormant and undiscovered long after a person has had Christ in their lives. It's inactive. Other times a spiritual gift is tapped moments after Jesus has entered a person's life. And what I hope and pray is that we could have a community here of Christ followers or supers gone active. Every Christ follower using their gift as the body of, for the kingdom of God. You know, there's a, there's a guy named George Barna, and he does all kinds of surveys and polls. And a recent survey he did, he was asking uh, people that attend church, he was asking them if they're aware of what spiritual gifts were. And he said that, um, what was it, half, half of all Christians say that they're unaware of what spiritual gifts are. And then, or they'll say they claim they don't know that they have one, or they haven't identified one yet. That's a lot of people that are possibly in the kingdom of God, that are unaware of something that God has given them. What would happen if Christ followers went active in the special abilities God has granted them and used them together for the kingdom, what could happen? Maybe there would be no needs in the body of Christ. Maybe struggling neighborhoods could instead become neighborhoods of hope. Maybe we could even eliminate world hunger. Maybe every person on this planet would have a chance to get a glimpse of a true picture of Jesus and His grace and truth that's found in Him. So why are we talking about spiritual gifts, spiritual powers? Because there's so much that could be accomplished for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has need of you right now. Right now. So what is a spiritual gift? It's a supernatural power or gift given to believers just like the gift of eternal life was given. Something undeserved, unearned, and never achieved or possessed by a person's own efforts. 
In the Greek writings of the New Testament, the word gift is charisma. It's used to describe not only the special gifts described in Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4, but it also describes God's grace. Romans 6.23, a verse that some of you are familiar with, says that the wages of sin is death, but the charisma of God is eternal life, or the gift of God is eternal life. It also is used in the New Testament to describe natural endowments or natural abilities, like in 1 Corinthians 7.7, 7, when Paul says every man has his own charisma from God. In fact, several times when the giving or distribution of spiritual gifts are described, they're closely associated with grace. Natural abilities and spiritual abilities are both from God. And they both can be exercised and sharpened with use. But spiritual gifts are not talents and abilities that you are physically born with or inherited because of your biological parents' genes. Abilities and talents are what is natural. Spiritual gifts are what are supernatural and given by God at second birth when a person receives Jesus Christ by faith. Natural abilities and talents are what you're good at. A spiritual gift is what you're powerful in. Like the stories of our favorite superheroes, these gifts don't fall into the order of our natural world. And they are connected to power. When the New Testament describes the working of spiritual gifts in Christ followers, like in Ephesians 4.16 and 1 Corinthians 12.6, it uses a Greek word, energia, where, of course, we get the word energy from today. But what it means in Greek and what they were using it for, it meant divine power in action. In the New Testament, this word is never used to describe any human power. So you understand what I'm saying? That when your gifts are active in you, it's the power of God. It's not your natural power or your strength that's working. And as Peter Parker's uncle told the soon-to-be amazing Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. We're going to talk more about the misuse of that power and the misuse of those gifts later in the next coming weeks. And we want to talk more about the purpose of these gifts. But today, I just want you to know the overarching purpose for a spiritual gift is this. It's 1 Peter 4.10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. All of this is so wound up in God's grace. The giving of gifts is all about giving and displaying God's grace. And since we're to be ambassadors of God's grace, we have responsibility to discover what our gifts or gifts are so that we can be faithful and effective in serving others. So what are the spiritual gifts? What, what are they? There are three lists in Scripture that I want to point out, and you can look to for reference. Uh, you can remember by the 12s, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and then Ephesians 4. And you can maybe remember 12s and 4s, because 1 Peter 4 talks about why we have the gifts, and uh, Ephesians 4 has another list of gifts. So 12s and 4s. Here are the spiritual gifts named in those lists. In Romans 12, here's the list. Encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, service, teaching. In 1 Corinthians 12, 
I'll read off what's found in that list, but I won't repeat those that were in Romans 12. In 1 Corinthians 12, administration, apostleship, discernment, faith, healing, helps, knowledge, miracles, tongues, tongues interpretation, wisdom. And then in Ephesians 4, again, not repeating what's been listed in the other two passages, evangelism and pastoring, or what some people would call shepherding. In other passages of scriptures, there are individual attributes that some believe are also spiritual gifts. And because the same type of language is used for spiritual gifts in the list passages that we just read, the same language is used in these individual list passages. Uh, these gifts include hospitality, 1 Peter 4, 9 and 10. Uh, missions or a missionary, Ephesians 3, 6 through 8. And in three that not many people get very excited about, uh, celibacy, 1 Corinthians 7, 7 and 8, voluntary poverty, 1 Corinthians 13, 3, and martyrdom, 1 Corinthians 13, 3. But if you look in church history, you'll definitely see some people that fall into those categories and you go, wow. And I, I actually, I've only met one person in my life who I truly knew had the gift of voluntary poverty. And they were an, it was just an amazing person. And uh, probably you could look at some people like Mother Teresa or those who followed in that line and you say, yep, I think they got that one. So maybe we don't see them too much. But one last uh, individual one in a passage that I want to point out to you is found in the Old Testament where God says he will give men of his choice the gift of craftsmanship by the way of his spirit. It's Exodus 31. Verses 1 through 6. Very interesting passage. And I, I really believe that uh, I, I think God is starting to awaken that gift in, in people today. Um, where I see many artists and craftsmen that are, that are using their gifts and abilities in amazing ways for the kingdom of God. So I've tried to name every biblically listed spiritual gift. I don't think I've left any out. And I know some of you are saying to yourself, okay, you told me, you told me the different kinds but what are they? <laughs> Explain them to me. I, they're just words on a page. Um, I want you to know there's, I listed, there's about 26 gifts there that I listed. Uh, it would be a lot to go into right this second. But I want you to know that we are offering a course called Network where we're going to describe and talk about those at the end of September. But I, I want you to think about this. I, I said that there's 26 lift, listed there. If you think about our alphabet in the English language, there's 26 letters. And when you combine those letters in certain ways, they form thousands of words that we use in our language. To teach the alphabet to those learning English, we have an order to letters, what we call the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, P. And the ancient scriptures say in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, that there is also an order in the gifts, that some will have prominence among the rest of the others. Just like our alphabet, A and Z, stand out because they are at the beginning and the end. Or the vowels are fewer than the consonants, but yet they're used more and more frequently. And because of that, they're more prominent. Does that mean we should get rid of the letter N or V? No, it doesn't. That would be crazy. We need all the letters to work together. Many times uh, when my wife, Sherry, has uh, taught drama workshops, uh, She's talked with some of the people that were really frustrated because they didn't get a lead part. 
And she'll share this, this illustration with them. She talks about if, if you bake bread or biscuits, you usually have a couple ingredients that play a really big part. you got your flour and your water. But there are some other ingredients who by measurement only play a seemingly small part, like salt, baking powder, or yeast. Yet if those small parts are not in the mix, the whole baking project is ruined. And it just tastes horrible. It's nasty. And a big part of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he was trying to straighten out a childlike squabble over who had the greatest gift. Paul said it was okay to desire the prominent gifts, but he instructed them that everyone can't have the same gift and that God has distributed them according to the grace given us, Romans 12, 6. So again, it's all about grace. We don't get to choose what our gift is. It's given to us by God. But it's ours to discover and find out what He has given us. You know, again, a gift is something not earned. It's not something that you come or come by by doing the right things. Like you could ever earn a spiritual gift. So here are some questions that maybe you're, you're asking. So can a person have more than one spiritual gift. Yes, some people actually do have more than one gift. A gift mix, you might call it. With the Apostle Paul, we can easily identify that he had the gift of apostleship, teaching, and shepherding or pastoring. Uh, does a person have more than one spiritual gift uh, and have them active all at the same time? Yes, it's possible. But it's also possible that uh, they're not all active at the same time. Here's a question. Can a person grow in the use of their gifting? Yes. When you look at the letter to the Romans, Paul instructs that a person is to use their gift in proportion to him or faith. Does our faith grow? Yes. So as our faith grows, we can become practiced in the use of our gifts. I used to be a pretty weak leader when I first began using my gift of leadership. In fact, uh, Brian, can we show them an illustration of what I look like? when I first used my gift of leadership? Go whip! Fly! Up, up, and away whip! Shazam! Go! Go! Go, Webb, go! trying to use my gift of leadership when I first tried to step into it. I smack right into a wall. 
You know, but my faith has grown since that time, and I've become better in the use of my gift. And I hope that I will continue to grow in the use of that gift. It's part of the ongoing discovery of spiritual gifts. Another part of that discovery process is determining if a person's natural is, is determining if a person's natural talents, abilities, or skills mesh or complement their gifting. Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. You may be trained and have skills in accounting, like spire. But by God's grace, you are gifted with craftsmanship. They just don't go together. I mean, it's like you'd never use it together in your occupation. But just think, there's some of us, though, with professions that we entered into before we ever discovered our spiritual gift, and then we come to find out that God has gifted us in a way that helps us work in ways above normal or natural for the advancement of God's kingdom. Like a nurse having the gift of mercy, it goes together, it works, and gives them kind of a, an advantage when it's used in a right way. Amazing, but true. But here's the question that everyone's probably asking. How do I discover my gift or gifts? Let me tell you something. You can go to a course like the one we're going to offer at the end of this month, but most likely it's only going to help you narrow things down. It's not going to pinpoint your gift or gifts. And I do believe that there is value in spiritual assessments and narrowing down the field. There is value in that and helping you identify your passions, your, your style and environment that you work in best. But if you're like me, and I've taken so many tests, those, you know, personality tests, Myers-Briggs stuff, and, and are you an otter or a ENTP or whatever, and, and it's like, you know what, I, I sometimes think that I can manipulate those things and, and just make it be whatever I want to be. Yeah, I want to be an extrovert because extroverts are fun. <laughs> I don't want to be an introvert, but I'm an introvert. It's true. Uh, you know, you sometimes wonder, do we do the same thing with these spiritual assessments, you know, and we just kind of fill in the blank. Yeah, I want to I wanna have the gift of such and such because that sounds cool like that. But again, it doesn't work that way. And I don't want to discourage you from attending you know, a course that would help you narrow things down. But I want you to realistically know that a test isn't going to confirm what kind of gift you have. And I think you're going to have to identify and confirm your gifts more like our superhero friends. And it's kind of like this. In the scriptures, it happened to a guy named Joseph. And you can find it in Acts chapter 2. And he, his story is throughout the book of Acts. He first shows up in the story of the newborn church when he, along with some other believers, starts selling off their possessions from time to time to help provide for those among them that have needs. When Joseph is, is mentioned in this context, it would be easy to assume that Joseph had the spiritual gift of giving. But he had been around the other believers enough that they recognized something else that he was powerful in. So the apostles gave him the nickname Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, because he was always, what? Encouraging people. Why didn't they give him the nickname that meant giver? Well, because when they saw Barnabas interacting among the people, they saw him operate in something that was more powerful than his act of giving. The body of Christ helped confirm what his spiritual gift was. And this is how it's probably going to work for you guys if you're still in this discovery process. When we start hanging out with the body of Christ, 
a need will arise. And whether it is a need within the body or outside the body of Christ to the unchurched, you'll put yourself out there and you'll step forward. And it may be like Barnabas, that you step forward and give because there's a need. And that's a good thing to do. But you know what? It may not be what you're gifted at. Sometimes we step up and we do things because there's a need and, and man, we can help out. And we do it. And that's, that's cool. That's great. We all need to learn how to do that. But it may not always be what you're volunteering for is what you're gifted at. So, but if you keep putting yourself out there, there's going to come a day when you're compelled to act that you'll sense not only you're doing a good thing, but you'll sense God's power working through you to make your little action something more powerful to benefit the body of Christ, to touch those outside the body of Christ with His grace. And when you do that, there'll be other Christ followers who will confirm that and let you know that they sense something happening through you that was more than what you could do on your own naturally. Something supernatural, something God-sized, something was accomplished by God's Spirit. And that something will let you know, too. And you'll know it. Like the stories of our favorite superheroes, you'll, you'll see a need, you'll be compelled to step forward, and a superpower unknown or dormant may emerge. Some of you who have walked with Christ for a while and have identified a gift may in the near future may be surprised to discover that you have another gift. Those of you who are young in physical age, I want you to know it may take more time because you're also still discovering your natural abilities. And sometimes uh, it's, it's kind of confusing in those moments where you're trying to sort out what's my natural ability and what's that supernatural ability God has given me. Be patient with yourself and the Lord's timing. Some gifts are easily identifiable and others take more time to identify. My gift of leadership took a long time for me to confirm. I had the gift, but I had a lot of growing up to do in my character. A lot more fruit I had to bear in my life, fruit that comes from the Spirit of God, before I was ready to walk in my gift of leadership. Also, leadership isn't something assumed or taken. Leadership is appointed. It's conferred upon. And I had to wait. After two years of following Jesus, I stepped up in small moments, small moments of need when there were no other leaders around and something needed to be done. Other opportunities arose and leadership was confirmed upon me and I learned more about leadership. But it wasn't until after following Christ for 13 years that it was really confirmed in my heart and I began to operate in God's power and not just my own power in the gift of leadership. Sometimes it takes time. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. So how do you begin discovering your gift? Here's something really crazy I'm going to tell you. Don't focus on the gift. Start seeking the giver of gifts. Can I say that again? Don't seek the gift, but seek the giver of gifts. We'll talk more about this this week, but sometimes you get really out of whack if you're just seeking the, the power, but you're not seeking the power giver. He's the one that we need to first look to. And know this. Know that the greatest gift that every Christ follower has been given is the gift of life, the life of Jesus Christ, 
eternal life. The other thing that you can do to start discovering your gift is start hanging out with other Christ followers and try different, different avenues of serving within the body and outside the body. Start learning about what the Scripture says about the spiritual gifts and, and join an assessment course to try to narrow things down so that maybe you can kind of find your way through the broad field of gifts. But know that you will have some trial and error. It's going to happen. And it's not that you can't serve in the meantime. It's not like you can't serve if you don't know what your gift is. Of course you can. Of course you can. It's just that when you do operate in your gift, you're much more effective because God's power is working through you in a way that He designed you. It's not draining when you use your gift. It's energizing. I, wanna, I want you to be able to say, like Eric Little, the Olympic runner, said way back in the 1900s. He was getting ready to run uh, his last Olympics. He was getting ready to be a missionary in China. And so people were kind of wondering, well, why are you running? And he said, well, because when I run, I sense God's pleasure. And that's what you sense when you're operating in your gifts or when you're walk, just operating in your natural abilities too, in both. And Eric Little was talking about his natural abilities. But either way, when you start operating in what God made you and designed you to be, you sense his pleasure, and it's a wonderful thing. There's an exhilaration, there's a satisfaction that comes from God. And I do pray that you'll discover your special ability, your supernatural power, your spiritual gift, and go active. The kingdom of God has great need of you. That's right now. I just, I just want to pray as we close today and uh, just that God would help you in this discovery process. And those of you who have already started stepping into it, that you would learn how to be more skillful, more adept at using your gift for the kingdom of God. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you. You are the giver of good gifts. And Lord, we know that there are many things that we have enjoyed in the natural world, in this physical world that we have enjoyed, that you've given us. You've given us families. You've given us uh, our basic needs. Lord, you've, you've put people around us that have cared for us, given us love. Lord, but we know that there's also other gifts that you give that are spiritual. And Father, I ask that you would help us to discover what you've already given us. Lord, that you would awaken those gifts. And Lord, that you would help us to know how to use them for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that, that there would be many of us going active for you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.